Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Not bad. Kind of sounded like the wave. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded the way the wave looks, I guess. Just one big oscillating clap. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. The most satisfying sound. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything funny to say? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what do we do? We have to be, is this a funny podcast? Oh, crap. I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. Is it? Um, uh, are we funny? Are we funny? I think. That seems to be, dear. from our like three to listener. four really hardcore listeners, it sounds like we are. All right, sick. But you know, who knows? Maybe they're being nice. They do know us and all. That is true. I won't believe it until a complete stranger says we're funny. What if we really suck and I nobody know. has the heart to tell us? It's a possibility. And, and they just continue to let us do this 60 <laughs> episodes in. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, you're right. It is the 60th episode. For our special 60th episode, we are filling ourselves with self-doubt. Um, <laughs> I mean, what else is new? Uh, <laughs> The foundations of our confidence have been shook yep. this day. Happy 60th. Oh, guys. Guys, it's Alien Day. It is Happy alien, alien Day. Oh, my God. It's Alien Day. What? It, hey, at least, at least that's, it's not quite the right movie for this episode. But in a way, in a it's way. thematically. A little thematically, bit. That's right. That's right. It is uh, Alien Day. And they're actually filming the next movie because the director posted a picture from the set of his I alien movie. I saw that. Ooh. I saw that. It's like one of, that's one of those things where I didn't believe it was actually happening until I saw that picture. I was like, well, probably actually getting released now. That's exciting. I think it's supposed to go straight to Hulu, like the Prey movie. Yeah. Like right. the Predator movie. Yeah. Hulu, the, no ho- the new fine. home of aliens and Predator. I'll take it, I guess. Never the twain shall meet, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wonder if they're coming back together at some point. Who knows? I... I bet they come together. Yeah, long enough time. I mean, line, guys, they'll try it again. They'll they'll definitely try it. Again. I mean, we finally got the backstory to Danny Glover's musket. It's oh, time we get the backstory Jesus. to that skull. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my exploration of a dark, miserable city and some of its residents, all of whom are caught up in violent corruption, the stylish, black and off-white, pre-neo-noir starring Deuce Wontus, Mickey Pork, and Jessica Alba's favorite barista, Vice Village. I'd go there. (laughs) I'd go to Vice Village. I I really love the part where um, the chartreuse bastard showed up. (laughs) That was my favorite part. It was really well done, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. you Um, VFX team. I really felt like chartreuse perfectly captured the symbolism of the character. Um, So I'm glad I'm glad someone noticed. Thank you, Tim. I'm a little bit impartial to green men. (laughs) Because hi, I didn't. I'm Tim Gardner, man in a suit actor, contortionist, I'm a green suit guy. Look how that just flowed together, guys. Not forced at all. You may know me from my role as those disgusting worm things in Peter Jackson's King Kong. Let's call them what they are. 
their uncircumcised penises. <laughs> well, same, right? Same, Pretty much. Well, with there's pe- like foreskin, penine. and they come out penine, penile, penile, <laughs> penile. <laughs> penile dentata. Yeah, Ooh, penile dentata. No, thank you. Good reference. Ugh. They got the, got them teeth in it. Yeah. Ugh. Not good. <laughs> Poor Andy Circus. I know. It's not every day you get to put swallowed Andy Circus whole on a resume. Okay. <laughs> First dick joke of the show. Uncircus sure sized. Oh, Ooh, there, there we go. it is. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor, so you definitely don't know me from my many contributions to 2005's Electro movie. Many <laughs> contributions. <laughs> We definitely don't know you from that. <laughs> no. Nope. Anyway, once again, in an affront to my hopes of getting a green light for my spec script, Mutt Williams and the Commonwealth of the Diamond Ribcage, <laughs> we have some corrections from the previous episode. Um, so I was like reading into uh, Crystal Skull after, you know, we, we talked about it and something I, I, I'm sure I read about at some point, but I forgot about. It, it it ties into uh, what you were saying about him. I think it was, was it you, Matt, who was saying that Shia, like, wasn't ready for the movie? You almost yes. felt bad for him? Yes. He apparently really yes. was not ready because he got fired from the franchise because he talked so much shit about his own performance in the movie. Oh, oh wow. He, uh, he had a really good relationship with Steven Spielberg prior to that. And it completely, like, ruined the relationship, and Harrison Ford referred to him as a fucking idiot after the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, he di- apparently he didn't think he was ready either, which is, I-, I think is pretty interesting. We also talked about the jungle chase sequence, which we were all underwhelmed by, and we all assumed it was generally shot on green screen, and apparently that is not true, and it was almost entirely filmed in a real jungle, and VFX was only used to erase and replace some parts of it, um, which I think just makes that all mm. sadder. Yeah. You know? It does. It looks so fake. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. Um, and uh, I talked about how we were, somehow Oscar snubs for the In Memoriam segment, segment came up, and I talked about how someone from one of the best picture movies died before it came out and they didn't mention this actor. Uh, I, I thought it was after sun for some reason I was confusing my like sad or whatever movies. It was actually triangle of sadness. And the actor was Charlby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that yes, right? Charlby, Charlby yeah. Dean Creek. Um, and it was in fact up for best picture and she was the female lead of the movie and yeah. they didn't even mention her. <laughs> cold-blooded brutal yeah it's it's fucking brutal i think she died like right before the movie came out too or something like that really fucked up yeah but not right before the 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 friggin i know it's not like it was that day they didn't have time to put the graphic in yeah (laughs) oh boy anyway that's it for corrections let's move on to some news The first reactions to the Flash movie praised the film for its action, humor, and heart. Or at least, that's what they said while Ezra Miller was still within striking distance. (laughs) People are really trying to make it seem like there's nothing wrong with this movie. Oh my god. Director James Mangold has revealed that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny's opening sequence features 25 minutes of de-aged Harrison Ford. 
Unfortunately, as convincing as the de-aging is, the bottle of Ensure in Ford's hand kind of gives it away. <laughs> it's also not even period accurate. Uh. <laughs> it would have been slim fast. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Sorry. Steven Spielberg says he regrets changing the guns into walkie-talkies for the 2002 re-release of E.T. In order to make up for his mistake and appease modern audiences, in the next release, he's going to change them to butt plugs. <laughs> chasing, chasing that everywhere, everything all at once. <laughs> you know, you got to go with uh, you, you got to go with the times, the trends. You know, hey, you know, S- Steven Spielberg famously would say, you "Go with what you know." Yeah, I guess so. Like butt plugs. <laughs> <laughs> "Quote unquote" director Joe Russo predicts that there will be movies generated by soulless AI within two years. Russo explained he wanted to get ahead of the game by making the Gray Man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it would explain a lot. It would, wouldn't it? Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger is returning to action movies with Breakout from Expendables 4 director Scott Waugh. As is tradition, he's playing a character whose name doesn't sound remotely Austrian. I think it's like Terry something. <laughs> Terry Reynolds. It's Perry? Terry. It's- Terry it's Reynolds. Terry Reynolds. Oh. Let me double check. Terry. I was going to say like Terry Reynolds. <laughs> Terry Reynolds. Terry Reynolds. My name is Terry Reynolds. It's a it's it's a it's a family name. <laughs> I, I I grew up in Vermont. <laughs> I'm Irish. Do you have nope. a joke? Do you want to do? No, it? save us from our Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonations. <laughs> I was trying to. Early reactions to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 compare to Adventures Endgame. Meaning that in the future, we'll be saying Marvel hasn't really been good since Guardians 3. Instead. Ooh! (laughs) Bazinga! Remember being excited for those movies? Um, I know! I'm excited for Guardians 3, I'll say that. Interesting that you should mention that. (laughs) Joaquin Phoenix says he would rather his friends not see his movies. His friends replied, that's fine. Spending time with you in real life is weird enough. <laughs> oh, God, he just like gets into character and just goes apeshit on them all the time. He just, no, oh, it's cool, guys. It was a prank. Guys, look at all this weight I lost. Look at my ribs and my back. God, Joaquin, get the fuck out of here. Put on a shirt. <laughs> it's the weekend. Come on, man. <laughs> Reactions to the Chris Evans and Anna de Armas action rom-com Ghosted have been generally negative. Coincidentally, the title of the movie is what Chris Evans is currently wishing he had done to his agent. (laughs) Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and Rob Tappert are hoping to make a new Evil Dead movie every two or three years, eventually leading to the finale, Beating the Evil Dead Horse. It'll probably be good. As long as they bring back the evil deer head from <laughs> Evil Dead 2, you know. Yeah, as long as it as long as the evil dead horse is is screaming like that, I'm cool with it. So just so goofy. <laughs> George Clooney says that Mark Wahlberg and Johnny Depp regret turning down Matt Damon's role in the Oceans trilogy. They probably do regret it, but we as the audience thank them both for their poor judgment. For real, I that's crazy to me. As a huge fan of that series, I I cannot imagine how I cannot imagine if it had been either one of them. That would have been such a that would have been such a shame. Mm-hmm. Louis Leterrier is going to return as the director of Fast and Furious 11. 
Or more accurately, his family will be returned safely once he does what Vin wants. <laughs> it's all about family. You want to see your family, family again? You gotta make a movie about my family. Family. <laughs> the movie. Adam Wingard's. Ooh, sorry. Nope. I keep cutting off your jokes. You're not. You're not. I'm just. I'm just talking. <laughs> Adam Wingard's sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong is officially titled Godzilla x Kong: The New Empire. Oof. <laughs> More interestingly, the next movie is going to be called Godzilla Triple X Kong. <laughs> oh man. That's gonna be that's gonna be a banger in one way or another, right? The hot cloaca <laughs> action you didn't know you wanted. Oh, Tim! <laughs> I bet those uh sorry, those circum th those those penis worms might come back for this one. Oh yeah, they'll definitely show up. <laughs> I'll make sure of that. Because <laughs> I'm not a script doctor. Exactly, you're, you're on not. the case. Angelina Jolie and Holly Berry are going to star in the action thriller Mod v. Mod. The movie has been described as something similar to Bond vs. Born, but it's actually just Jolie and Berry arguing about who made worse career decisions in the early thousands. <laughs> it's Halle Berry, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I, I rewatched John Wick 2... Uh, 3? thought it was 3, to be honest. Yeah, it was 3. Um... And uh, she's really good in it. It's a real shame that her she, you know, had a downturn. She's good. She is. Anyway, some random other pieces of news that I think are worth mentioning. The uh, the first trailer for Meg 2, The Trench, was screened at CinemaCon, and uh, it has not been put online, but it was described uh, very positively by at least some people. It's supposed to be, looks very fun and very, even more gory and, you know, more tongue-in-cheek than the original. Um, potentially very exciting. Matt and I are both big fans of the book. D did you ever read it, Tim? Uh, no, in order to remain impartial for this podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what a pro. But uh, Matt and I are both big fans of the book, so it's uh, fingers crossed, right? Also at CinemaCon, they showed the trailer for Sony's Craven the Hunter movie starring Al Al Aaron Taylor Johnson. And it apparently is like a super violent R-rated movie. What? Mm. I mean, <laughs> what the... Sony's just being like, well, if DC's going to pull away from the dark, gritty superhero movies, I guess we'll horn in on that. Maybe. And, and, and I mean, I guess it, at the same time, they're probably thinking, like, what do we have to lose? No one likes any of them I that know. we make other than the Spider-Verse movies. Like, what the fuck? Who cares? Yeah. And then finally, uh, special announcement that the 1986 horror classic Trick or Treat, which we covered all the way back in episode 12 is finally getting wow. a Blu-ray and 4K UH Ultra HD release. Fuck yeah, that means you might be able to watch it somewhere other than YouTube in the near future. Very exciting. Hell yeah. Fucking Sammy Kerr, let's do it. Um, that's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. Now, with <laughs> now playing in theaters is The Black Demon. Stranded on a crumbling rig in Baja, a family faces off against a vengeful megalodon shark. It's a megalodon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. The Lamniformis Thriller is directed by Adrian Grunberg. It stars Josh Lucas, the guy who blew up in that weird way in the first Hulk movie. Fernanda Orejola, <laughs> Raul Mendez, Hector Jimenez, Julio Cesar Cedillo. And Venus yeah. Ariel. What a bunch of names that I have trouble saying. Except for Josh Lucas. I think I got that one right. 
Now playing in theaters is Sisu, when an ex-soldier who discovers gold in the Lapland wilderness tries to take the loot into the city, Nazi soldiers led by a brutal SS officer battle him. The Nazi killing romp is written and directed by <laughs> Yalmari Hunlander. It stars Yorma Tomila, Jack Doolin, Axel Henny, Ani Tomilia, and Mimosa Willamo. Mimosa? Um, mm. I, I saw the trailer for that. It looks pretty good. Um... And I think it's produced by 8711, who also produced, um, who produced the, like the John Wick movies and si- Violent Night right. and all that stuff. So it might be good. I mean, it's killing Nazis. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. But will it be as good as this next movie? <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's a two shark week, <laughs> dudes. Double sharks. And not just a regular shark movie. A big shark It's movie. a big shark movie. <laughs> now playing in theaters is... Big Shark. These <laughs> three firefighters must save New Orleans from a shark attack. That's it. The totally <laughs> serious horror movie is written and directed by Tommy Wiseau. It stars Isaiah Laborde, Mark Valeriano, Erica Mary Gilhenny, Amber Nicole Dalton, Elena Goudry. And Tommy Wisu. The one and only. The one and only. Like, bro, we love you because you tried to make a serious movie and it turned out hilarious. It's not going to be good when you try to make a a bad movie on purpose. Mm. Such a shame. Now playing in theaters are is Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Hello, Margaret. When her family moves from the city to the suburbs, 11-year-old Margaret navigates new friends' feelings in the beginning of adolescence. The likely-to-be-banned-in-Florida dramedy is adapted to the screen and directed by Kellen, Kelly Freeman Craig. It stars Rachel McAdams, aw, Kathy Bates, Benny Safdie, Abby Ryder, Fortson, L. Graham, and Wilbur Fitzgerald. Coming soon to theaters is One Ranger. A Texas Ranger is recruited by British intelligence to track down a dangerous terrorist and stop him from attacking London. <laughs> The Britannic Battler is written and directed by Jesse V. Johnson. It stars Thomas Chain, John Malkovich, <laughs> Dominique Tipper, Patrick Bergen, Nick Moran, and Dean Jagger. So uh, Jesse V. Johnson is uh-huh. one of the preeminent direct-to-video action directors of this time. Yes, he is. He is, before the pandemic, averaging three movies a year. Whoa. He's very prolific. He works with Scott Atkins a lot, who I've mentioned before and was in John Wick 4. You know, he's one of the big ones, so it's uh and he's working with Tom my boy Tom Jane. I don't know. I I hope it's good. Coming soon to theaters is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own. A mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. The latest Marvel of the saturated box office is written and directed by James Gunn. It stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, David Bautista, Karen Gillan, Palm Clementif, and Vin Diesel. Nice. All right, that's it for new releases, which means it's time for What Did We Watch This Week? It's going to be a long one tonight, boys. Alright, 
should have a party. We'll keep it small and your parents won't find out, I promise. Just one of those stupid pranks! The reason to break up the party is... The aliens were using human skin to fuel their spaceship. I don't want my body to be alien fuel. It came out all the way back in 2022, but this week we watched Kids vs. Aliens. An all-time rager of a teen house party turns to terror when aliens attack, forcing two warring siblings to band together to survive the night. The science fiction horror film is directed by Hobo with a Shotgun's Jason Eisner, and written by John Davies and Jason Eisner. It is the second spin-off film in the VHS franchise and a feature-length adaptation of Slumber Party Alien Abduction, Eisner's segment from the 2013 anthology horror film VHS 2. It stars Dominic Marish, Phoebe Rex, Caleb MacDonald, and Asher Grayson. So, as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Kids vs. Aliens. If you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. It's currently on Shudder, and you can also rent it or whatever. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Kids vs. Aliens? Wow, what a goofy, (laughs) stupid, funny, fun, full of fucks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Movie. They say fuck so many they times. Sure do. Yeah, fuck. The, the tagline for the movie is officially fuck that's space. That's right. That's right. It is. Those kids. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. And a lot of dick stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I loved it. It was so fun. I loved how much of a, you know, send up to 80s movies it was. It was just kind of a mashup of all, like, the best things about, you know, kids on a mission. <laughs> Um, movies from the 80s, yeah, you know? That's right. Like, like Goonies and shit. It's like Goonies-ish. Um, I love that that opening um, Jaws-esque yeah. um, scene. Um, except, you know, aliens. Um, I thought that was great. I um, I love the opening credits. That neon green is very pleasing. <laughs> I like that the guy on the boat says Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That was funny. It'll start with Jesus, Mary. And it, it'll start with just one blast. Yeah, it was just like one blaspheme. It starts with Jesus, and then Jesus, like, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> and yeah, it evolved into that. It was great. I love the color and oh, and yeah. like just the whole look of it. I love the graininess. I love the score and the music. So good. Yeah. Just so good. It's just such a send up of all the things that are good. <laughs> I agree. About these kind of movies. I agree. Um, I love that barn. I love, oh, yeah. like, kids don't, no child deserves a barn like that. <laughs> but I guess, you know, when you don't, when your parents are never around and you're basically raising yourself or your sister's raising you, right. the yeah. least they can do is give you a cool yeah. barn to yeah. Maybe those kids mess deserve, around in. But nope. Yeah. Generally, no. Yes. Um, let's see. I, um, yeah, I just love it. I love that they're filming a movie, <laughs> movie in a movie. Yeah. Um, and it's about a dino, dinosaur sorcerer. Yeah. Di- like dino what? sorcerer, I think was 
his name? Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. The crystal. <laughs> um Protect it. Protect the crystal. Um yeah, I loved it. I love that you don't really, you know, the um the effects and um that stuff was pretty minimal, but I think they did a great job of um, you know, only showing enough and they obviously were using what they had. Um I feel like on the credits only four people play the aliens in it. Uh uh-huh. And you can't really tell. They did a they I did a decent cool. job of doubling up. I didn't. Yeah. I assume there were that not that many, but I didn't quite get uh, invaders from Mars vibes. You know, it wasn't yeah, super it, obvious. Yeah, it's better than that. Yeah. Um, I loved all the weird, like you know, goofy stuff that didn't really make sense, but I still loved it. Like the the alien with like the crown and the shroud. <laughs> yeah. Like why, why? <laughs> um, and that they're not in a spaceship; they're in like a. It, it was looked, like a skull. Is it a skull? Yeah. It was like a yeah, skull, a skull ship. ship. Yeah, a huge skull ship. Yeah, as you do, as you do. Yeah. Um, I love that they the the aliens puke, and then somehow when you pour their when they pour their puke on somebody, <laughs> it like mutates them into this. <laughs> Guy with Freddy Krueger, like yep. legit Freddy Krueger gloves on. Yeah. Um. Somebody must have found those at Sabres <laughs> or something. Um. But I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. It was fun. A brisk seventy-five yeah, minutes. Yeah, I forgot oh, yeah. how short it was. Which that I was think nice. is perfect. Yeah. You know. Man. Yeah. What a. Very much enjoyed this movie. I guess I have a soft spot for indie canadian sci-fi trash oh it, it oh it's canadian yeah. i gotta go back and change some stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> canadians are like in my opinion they're they're the ones who are doing this shit right right now because you got jason eisner you've got steve kostansky and you have the mm-hmm. the group of people who made turbo kid rkss yeah, all oh, all wow. canadian no i don't know of anyone outside of canada who's doing it quite like these people are Right, and like there's got to be a name for this collective, whatever that <laughs> right. name is. I love it, the the Canadian Combine. Like I don't know, um, yeah, cause, yeah, because um, the director of Kids vs Aliens, Jason um, Isaac. what was his name? He was a producer uh, on Jason Turbo Isaac. Kid. Yeah, he's a producer in yeah. Turbo Kid. Yeah, exactly. so he like it's knows those people, and I'm I'm sure they know Steve Kostansky. I I can't remember if there's any overlap on projects, but but yeah, just thank you, Canadian Collective, or whatever name other literary <laughs> name I can think of. Um, so yeah, uh, so th- that being said, movie as a whole, super strong. Um, the set design, the costume design, uh, you just the whole aesthetic is is pretty it's pretty tight because it's a little slightly you know anachronistic in terms of like it kind of feels like an 80s movie even though it's taking place now mm. it, like uh like the arc like um the popular kid's car is like a two-door it's a 1991 uh ford mustang or something like that <laughs> very specific yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's like ev- ev- evoke- invoking that type of feeling from like the <laughs> yeah. um it's i like this movie especially because it feels like uh a spielberg mm-hmm. movie 
if Steven Spielberg didn't sell out, man. No, if like, <laughs> but but it's like twisted Spielbergian, yep. you know, because the you get the kid centric thing, um, and all the archetypes cranked up, like how how uninterested the parents are, where it could always be assumed maybe <laughs> the parents are yep. a little, but these parents are terrible. Yep. I know. Um, I mean, that's what you get. The dad is J Rock from the Trailer Park Boys, so that's what, duh. Of course, he's gonna be a bad dad. <laughs> um. But yeah, so yeah, just, you know, kids get it done. So I, I really appreciate the whole twisted Spielbergian yeah. aspect so, so much. Especially, you know, the quippy one-liners uh, from Sam, uh, the girl who plays Sam. Uh, what's her name? Phoebe Rex. Phoebe Rex. Uh, like, oh, like she just, she, <laughs> she just takes an alien's head and just jams its eye through a branch. <laughs> I think she says, she's like, Did you, you say, no, 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 you probably will get it. You say enjoy it. the view. <laughs> yes, enjoy the view. Yeah. So yeah, it just it's good stuff like that. I can't talk about too much more without like blowing through the other categories. So Alex, yeah, um, yeah, I saw this. I saw this when it like right when it came out. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Hobo with the shotgun. Um, I love that movie. So I was really excited because he hasn't really done any. He's he's been Jason Eisner has been primarily working on Dark Side of the Ring, that show about wrestling. He's been primarily doing that for years now. So this is like the first wow like feature film he's made since Hobo with a Shotgun. So I was really excited for this, and I already liked him. But after this, I'm 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 like a really big fan because as you said to him, he has major Steven Spielberg vibes, but like a schlocky low budget kind of mean spirited Steven Spielberg. And it's like, I never yeah. knew how much I needed that in my life. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this movie just looks beautiful. What a beautiful fucking movie. It was Jason Eisner uh, and the director of photography was Matt Barkley. Um, that said, I think, I think we can give Jason Eisner a lot of the credit because Hobo with a Shotgun is a very good looking movie too. He he clearly has a mm-hmm. really good eye, no matter what DP he's working with. I'm going to go on record and say that I believe that no one in low budget filmmaking knows how to work with digital cameras like Jason Eisner. Um, no one like he has easily one of the best eyes in, in like low budget filmmaking right now without question none of his peers make movies that look quite as good as him um like the way that the movie started with like the waves all the colors and the shadows and like you mentioned matt they they put some film grain on it to kind of like take away some of the crispness of the digital cameras um like the the shot what the shot of the bully guy like and his friends standing at his car in the sunset like they pulled a full they they he he handles light similar to like Tony Scott or even my boy Bay about always shooting at sunset, um, which I thought was mm-hmm. really cool, really impressive. Uh, it, in my opinion, if if there was any decency in the world, this would get nominated for a cinematography Oscar. It won't, but I don't see why it shouldn't be. Personally, I I like how you can feel the budget of the movie, but I would say the movie never suffers from it. It never really, with the exception yeah. of like a yeah. few moments, I would say this pro- this movie never feels as cheap as I'm sure it was. And I think mm-hmm. previously mentioning how good it looks is a big part of it. The 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 quality of the image adds a lot of uh, production value to the movie, and the way that the camera moves and all that stuff really great. 
cast was really good, um, which is tough when you have kids being the main characters in a yeah. movie. Mm. Phoebe Rex yeah. was fantastic, and I think she could have a bright future ahead of her if she wants it. The other kids were great and likable and funny. Uh, Kalen McDonald as the bully was just like perfect. What a complete and like so yeah. committed to being a piece of shit. Shitty neck tattoo. I know, I know the fucking shitty <laughs> rose, uh, which he has in his window. Yeah, he has car. it on his car too. I I didn't notice that yeah. the first time I watched it, but this time I was like, oh fuck. Um, music was really good. That's another thing that it, uh, Eisner tends to be good at. He, oh yeah, he loves his synthy stuff, but they also mixed in a lot of more orchestral, like Spielbergy, John Williams type stuff in there, which I thought was cool. Uh, there's some great lines in this movie. Suck time is over. Um, yeah. what a oh, great line so good. Um, I love Suck time. when the bully takes off his shirt when they're making out and she goes holy shit and he goes I know Yeah, <laughs> screaming at the bully and he says if you ever even touch our shrimp dicks you'll go to jail fucking pervert <laughs> and then the the like sweet kid I think it, the, the one who, who doesn't make it says I don't want my General body Jack. to be alien fuel um, that was yeah. a great line oh and was it yeah i think it was the redheaded one said i'm tired of hearing and smelling the shit coming out of your face hole yeah miles miles Miles. what a what a line fantastic lines um yeah because i think it's tough to make memorable like schlocky lines like that you know like to use they don't use swearing as a art form in movies as much anymore and this movie really like Harken back to the days where swearing was like a weapon that you could use intelligently. And that was really cool. Oh, hell yeah. I like that there was some sweet and heavy stuff mixed in. There's a sweet message about family and not losing track of the things you love as you grow up. There's a whole thing with Mm -hmm. the older sister wanting to move on with her life, but she doesn't want to hurt her brother in the process. And then she does by accident kind of anyway. The comically neglectful parents, you know, as you said, Spielberg turned up to 11. Um, you know, all of that's really intense and, and, and kind of sweet at the same time. And then the final thing I'll say that I love about this movie is that it is incredibly fun and unafraid, you know, yes, the, the completely insane idea to have the shitty friend turned into a monster for like no good reason other than that. It's fun. The reveal of like a magic sword in the spaceship, (laughs) the ridiculous ending um you know just like and i think there was a cthulhu symbol on one of the trucks at the end did you pick that it was, up on a, that? It was i mean it was a it was a seafood truck that yeah was the disguise but it looked very so. cthulhu like i i find it hard to believe that wasn't purposeful but i i don't know oh for sure um i i, I also want to say don't worry about jack it's you think he's dead, but you see him cryogenically frozen, but with an oxygen mask on his face. That's true. That's true. Jack might so, make it, to be fair. Yeah. He's the heart of the movie. Right. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies, in honor of David Cronenberg? Big time honorable mention to Jack. We've already mentioned <laughs> yeah. him, but I just always I identify with the sensitive boy. Aww. And he's so sensitive, and I love it. But he cares. And he stands up for his friends, mm-hmm. and he's pretty integral to saving the day. He is. Yeah, he is. And he was really funny. And yeah, he says that line. Well, he says, 
to take the crystal, like right before he yeah. maybe dies. <laughs> I know. You know, just the 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 short chubby kid is just always. Yeah. The best. He was lovable. He was very lovable. Yeah. Let's see. Um, cronies about how unconvincing Billy looks smoking. <laughs> I don't know if you I noticed did not that, notice, but I believe you. But he was. It was just not <laughs> like. I don't know. Part part of his, part of his performance, I was sometimes like, like you're not really that convincing as a bully. <laughs> um, but then, like towards the end, he like really was right. actually. Um, but yeah, the 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 unconvincing um, smoking and and the neck tattoo, <laughs> yeah, was not so bad. <laughs> um, also, cronies about the other the like female bully, yeah, Trish, Trish. Oof, she just too much, <laughs> just too yeah, much. Very evil, Trish. Very evil. No, thank you, Trish. Trish needs to think about some things and reflect. Yes. Well, not anymore. I mean, not anymore because <laughs> she her face melted. Oh yeah, that was that cool. Was cool. We'll <laughs> get there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Next. Uh. So obviously, Jack is the best apple mentioned, but I'll go with uh the equally important uh. Reveler kid dressed up as Santa Claus with a pumpkin on his head. Uh, because what the fuck kind of costume is that? But also, I miss that. But also, he's a great waypoint and mile marker in terms of how time is moving during the party. He opens the party. He's the first mm-hmm. kid you see. He's just like, woo, yeah, puts the pumpkin on his head. And then as the party is underway, you'll see him in the scene every now and then pro- progressively getting drunker. Yeah. Like he first pukes in like the silverware drawer. And just getting all messed up, it down to the point where the party's over, because you know the aliens have invaded and started kidnapping people, and everyone's scattered. And then when Sam comes rushing out looking for her, you know her brother and his friends, there's Pumpkinhead kid still sitting there puking into his pumpkin head, <laughs> yep. saying they went that way. They dragged him into the ocean or the water. Yep. So very important. I agree. Uh, yeah, and and cronies goes to Trisha's death, and I won't say more since we can talk more about it in detail Oof. later. But yeah. Just grody because oh, yeah. it's it was very good but also disturbing. I agree. Oh, I found a um quote from Trish oh, cool. that I really yeah. liked. I just want to get fucked up and do some fucked up <laughs> shit. <laughs> see, you see <laughs> what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where elegant swearing, yeah, adding fuck to like, yeah, it's Ugh. just Alex. You should go through uh, when you're editing and like beep out some of the fucks. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> So good. Yeah, everybody's an arch version of their character. Yeah. You know, the arch neglectful parents. The arch bullies. <laughs> That's true. Arch bullies. I like that. Um, yeah. One thing I honorable mention to the way that and, and again, this is bringing it back to fucking Spielberg territory. Jason Eisner <laughs> shoots the kids from their level or below yes. for most of the movie. Putting mm. us at their yeah. level helps us identify with them. And shooting mm-hmm. them from below makes them look heroic. It's just like such a simple, simple decisions that totally help the movie. Um, the jock like trying to seduce uh, Samantha, Samantha? Sam, Sam yeah. by sending her a video of him playing guitar and singing. So funny. Mm-hmm. So, so cheesy. Totally made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Cronies to did Sam have sex with him? 
because they were making out and then we cut to the next day and they're still hanging out um no shame sam like get your you know get your fuck on if you want as long as you're being you know you know uh responsible but it's just what a bummer that that's probably the first person she had sex with damn shame (laughs) yeah honorable mention to the the pumpkin head guy who was always throwing up that that kid was funny I like the scuba suit up scene. Scene that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Cronies to the skull ship in a way. I wish we got a better look at it. We never got like a very clear yeah. look at it. Honorable mention to the whole thing within the beginning about how girls can't use swords, but then Sam gets to use a sword after all. Yeah. Honorable mention to the Predator Two vibes when she's exploring the ship near the end. Hell yeah. Honorable mention to the callback to the dropkick wrestling move. <laughs> yeah, in a major way. Oh, yeah. And then major cronies to Jack's maybe death scene. Gr- really well done, yeah. but it was, I, I was upset. <laughs> yeah. I was not I happy. I think that was going to happen. Movies being brave, but doing that to our boy Jack. I know our boy Jack. What didn't you like about Kids vs. Aliens? Was there anything that confused you? Um. The same things that, you know, I liked about it, like them just like going for it, are also like slightly confusing. But then you like realize it's not meant to make sense, really. Right. But the ending, like, so the government's in on it or they know, right? They're containing it. Yeah. And then they may or may not be dead. And and then they show the ship again, right? Yep. Yeah, the ship like takes or off and leaves, ship or they blew up the first one. I don't know. No, it's the same ship. It's, I know because they didn't see it. Yeah, they didn't show it. But then the mid credit scene. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a mid credit scene. I didn't see it. So, uh, the mid credit scene is like someone's cell phone lying on the floor and the camera recording, and you see you hear the parents come home. Oh, funny. And you just hear them like, oh, my God, ah, you know, talking about the remarking about the destruction. Then you see in the hallway an alien dart through the hallway. And then you see the Ooh. mom come through, like, you know, travel the same hallway. And she's like, Sam, you messed up. You like, ah, you, you done fucked up, Sam. You're supposed to watch these kids. And she's like, picks up the cell phone on the ground, speaking into it. And then the alien ambushes her and pukes green stuff all over her face, thus mutating mom. Whoa. Oh, wow. There you go. That was that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really it, though. And then, I like, if the kids are really dead, that's... I don't like that. I, I'm going to guess they're not. I'm going to guess... Yeah, they're probably if not. I, if I were Jason Eisner, and I feel like he and I have some similar uh, tastes, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a sequel, and, you know, the government does experiments on them, and I wouldn't be shocked if they end up with, like, some sort of special abilities, or, like, Jack, they have to do something to him to bring him back, so he ends up with special abilities mm. or something. I'm sure they're alive. Could be a Jack Borg. <laughs> what don't I? What I don't like about the movie? Nothing. I love this movie. This movie is great fun time. <laughs> I have no complaints, really. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 good. Watch it. Don't be dumb. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. For me, let's see. Did I not like anything? Um, I thought the whole alien takeoff thing at the end was a little awkward. Um, it was 
this was probably one of the parts where the budget was most obvious. It was just like the light coming through and she's holding on yeah. and, and, and the her brother is holding on. And it wasn't so much that it looked bad. Honestly, I almost felt like the 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 music choice during that scene was was limited the scene. I thought it was like kind of like metal synthy stuff. And I feel mm-hmm. like it they it would have been better served with either no music or something more traditional. Um, I felt like that was a little, a little off that scene. That's probably the only time I felt like, oh, this movie is cheap. Um, which I don't mean as an insult. Do you have a favorite death scene? Ooh, I mean, yeah, both of the bullies, Trish, Trish, yep, yeah. Trish, Trish, Trish's face getting like melted, and they kept going back to it, like oh. you thought it was going to be over, <laughs> and they went. And, like, she's still, like, screaming, but it's, like, her skull. And, and then her guts fall out. And then her guts fall out. That was good. Yeah. And then Billy getting his throat ripped out by his friend who he fucked over. Yeah. Also good. Yeah. Those are my two. I mean, yeah, I just, like, my my favorite kills are Sam doing work with the sword. Just mm. her rampage against the aliens is just dope. <laughs> because you don't expect it, especially when that whole, you know, impaling an alien through the eye with a tree branch spouting out a one line, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, just, yeah. So Sam's rampage gets my best kills. Uh. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think, uh, runner, yeah, my runner up would be uh, Sam pushing the head onto the tree branch. But I, I, I think I have to give it to Trish being melted. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. That was just like yeah. It it's 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 crazy because other than like some of the on the guts, we don't see any blood. It's right. it's it's so it's interesting that it's so uncomfortable when there isn't necessarily blood. They just cut back to someone in makeup with like that's more skeletal looking as she screams. Mm-hmm. Like a very effective, non bloody technically, but brutal kill. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Would you give any random aesthetic choices in Kids vs. Aliens a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers in the Neil Blancamp movie Demonic? Um, I love, I actually really like their house, how it abuts the lake like that. Very nice. Good point. That's a beautiful. Is it a lake or is it like the ocean? I I feel like it's a lake. Going back and forth. Yeah. It seemed lakey. Yeah. I'm assuming it's a lake, but they tried to make it seem like it might be the ocean. Because yeah, those because the fishermen, yeah, the fishermen, you know, yep. But it was also like a perfectly like bland like, you know, parents' house that you have parties in. So that was cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, so much of it. The barn, I love the barn. With the boxing ring, yeah. Is that what <laughs> Wrestle- that? it was? Like, a wrestling, wrestling ring, yeah. Oh yeah, wrestling ring. Um, like, do those kids really like? Rassle every so often, <laughs> and I love the costumes in their movie they were making yeah. that they you know made. I'm assuming because they obviously made them, but yeah, I yeah I give the breaky to um the kids uh, Legion of Doom green uh, <laughs> yeah. wrestling you know like uh, football pads with spikes in it. Oh yeah, those yeah. are yeah. good. Especially again going back to the if you were saying that. Um, Jason Eisner has been doing a lot of wrestling stuff. Like, here's his love of wrestling in a movie. Yep. 
And especially like with that Road Warrior slash Legion of Doom look. Shit's tight. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I had a bunch. Definitely, I, I those shoulder pads, I, I wrote them down as bay, as bay green. Um, hmm. But I, I also like, you know, the use of that neon green color in general in this movie I thought was really nice. I really liked it. Yeah. Sam at one point in the movie when she's in her room has a tie-dye hoodie that is very similar to uh, one of my favorite tie-dye hoodies. It's like blue hmm. and purple. I enjoyed that. Um, breaky uh, runner up breaky for that horrible rose tattoo on his neck on, you know, yeah. like it, <laughs> it, it doesn't really look good and it's so ridiculous, but at the same time, it does inform his character. He seems like the kind of guy who would think that's a good idea and think that it's a good tattoo. It just fits breaky for the kids glow in the dark skull masks. Um, when they mm. interrupt suck time, but <laughs> I, I would say my breaky has got to just go to the entire movie. It's just such a <laughs> aesthetically pleasing movie that like bright orange light when the aliens come and everything like it. It's just what a what a beautiful movie. I feel like it could it might sweep the break the 2023 breakies. <laughs> so finally, do you see yourself watching Kids vs. Aliens again? And do you think you'll be recommending it to anyone? Absolutely. Yes and yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun. Yeah, especially like it's so short. Don't know what to watch. Put on Kids vs. Aliens. Yeah. just yeah for the quote unquote bisexual lighting alone. You know, <laughs> what I mean, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I I'm definitely gonna watch it again. Um, and as long as I think people are would appreciate it, I would absolutely recommend it to anybody without question. It's a blast. Bless. <laughs> Bless. <laughs> all right before we go did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend i believe the two of you saw something called dungeons versus dragons <laughs> no dun dungeons and also dragons Dungeons it, x a, dragons dragons yeah. x dragons yeah, movie, oh no there's a movie about a guy named don john uh, <laughs> and his uh Beef with the immortal reptilian Skylords. Yeah. But yeah, we did Dungeons Dragons. We did. I'll let, I, I, I'll let Tim Geeks? lead this one. Whoa, what? Ah, uh, no, shit. Uh, she's stereotype much. Anyway, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna roll my, I'm gonna roll my nested D10 here. And, uh, <laughs> Let's see how you really think well, about it. Uh, uh, my, according to the nested D10, I give this movie an 82 out of 100. Whoa. So. That's what we're going to go with for Tim's review of Dungeons Dragon Honor Among Thieves. Welcome to the new scale of 1 through 100. 100 being the ultimate pinnacle of movie making perfection and 1 being utter trash. No, it's good. Solid movie. It's great first act. Middle act is unfortunately middling. Yeah. And then the final act, amazing yet again. It's, it's, it's going to be said time and time again from every other person who's seen the movie who's played the game. It feels like you're watching somebody's D and D campaign. Yeah, you you feel it's hard to explain, but you feel like the random decisions of like, well, that character is named Jarnathan. Why was <laughs> that character named Jarnathan? Because you just know someone asked the DM, "Hey DM, what is that character's name?" And the DM didn't have a name plan and panicked. <laughs> uh, Jarnathan, Jar Jarnathan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you classic. know. 
you see you see you have the 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 dungeon master player character shows up yep. in the middle of the movie to make sure that the our players get from point A to B. Just get the damn thing done. The DM says <laughs> makes a hyper competent character, and then that hyper competent character leaves. Yep, no longer Perfect. needed. Perfect. So yeah, it is a it was a wonderful movie because it did not take itself seriously. It took its moments seriously. It took yes. you know I mean like their character growth, seriously, but they acknowledge the inherent insanity that is a. That is the world of Faerun, mm-hmm. or the, well, I'm sorry, the world of Tamriel and the continent of Faerun. Um, See, that's I think, why I had oh you. Oh my it. god! No, so I can like, never remember that stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. I'm not a fan of that setting. <laughs> uh, no, it's not Tamriel. Why did I say Tamriel? That's freaking Elder Scrolls, Tim. Jesus! Oh, you just saved us from wow. a pretty severe correction. That was I. I, I am. That's how much I hate Faerun. Um, <laughs> That's how much I don't care for Faerun. Uh, yeah, I can't. Oh, now I can't remember the. Oh, is Faerun the continent or is Faerun the planet? I don't remember <laughs> now. It's gonna be plaguing me. Uh, oh, anyway, Forgotten Realms not my t- not my cup of tea. Anyway, right. It's inherent. Forgotten Realms inherently funny. You have cat people. You know, tabaxi. Oh yeah, the cat people. You have Arakakra, bird people. You know, it's just like you lean into that. You let the serious moments have their moments. And you just acknowledge that this is an adventure, and let's have a great let's have a great time bullshitting with each other. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree. Um, you know, I haven't played D and D in some time, but I played it a lot for a long time. And this movie was so good at capturing the feel of a D and D adventure that I expected the movie to end with the reveal of all the actors playing D and D, like in modern times and this was their adventure like i i it very perfectly captured that feel um chris pine was it was fantastic when is he not michelle rodriguez was really good they like i she never really gets to like do things she's always just like gets to do one tough thing and then is in the background of a movie or whatever but she got to be funny and good and sweet in a lot of ways there's a scene involving her near the end that I don't mm-hmm. think you noticed him, but I actually teared up a little bit near the end. And oh. um, yeah, it's 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 a good movie. That middle is a slog. I I kind of lost track during the middle, um, but it's good. Lots of great practical effects, including our boy Jonathan. Um, <laughs> the cat people oh, were pretty Jonathan. cool looking. Yeah, it it was a fun movie. I I when I was watching it, I was like. So John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, I was like, what what was their influence here? Are they just trying to capture a D&D adventure type thing? And then I found out later that that possibly their primary motive, like inspiration was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And, oh, and nice. I was like, oh. <laughs> Which is such a D&D nerd thing to pull exactly, inspiration from. Exactly. Like D&D nerds tend to love that movie. So I like me included. Um so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Also, oh, real quick, I gotta say, face. Yeah, Faerun's a continent on the planet of Toril. Oh, sh- we almost had a big and problem. Extra- I, was, I was just gonna throw this episode in the trash. I was just I gonna know, erase. I know. And if well, if you want extra credit, <laughs> the full name for the planet Toril is Abir Toril. So I mean, oh, come okay. on. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate. it. <laughs> back off, nerds! Back <laughs> up! <laughs> back up! <laughs> um. And I'll quickly mention, it's not a movie, but I think it's worth mentioning. I watched, I, people have been saying to watch it for, for fucking months. 
I watched Light and Magic, the uh, ILM documentary that's on Disney+. Plus. It's like a six-episode series on how it started and all the way from A New Hope to Jurassic Park and, 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 and beyond. And if you like movies and you like effects, I cannot recommend this documentary enough. It's incredible. It's incredible. You know, everyone loves to make fun of George Lucas for various reasons, but he literally just forced the creation of modern effects because he believed they should exist. He, like, he deserves a lot of credit. One of the guys there created Photoshop kind of on the side. They <laughs> go over how Pixar was made and, you know, it, it they... Like, CGI, like, didn't exist until these people made it, pretty much. Like, not at least in the level that they made it. It, it is a fantastic ser- documentary series, and if you like effects in movies, cannot recommend it enough. It's great. Where are you going? Got to catch the red eye. Oh, the sound of one of the great lines from Last Action Hero means we are out of time. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, assuming we aren't seduced by an attractive, guitar-playing bully who heartlessly sacrifices us to murderous aliens before then. If you have any questions for me, Matt, or Tim, you can reach us through our email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at aiptmoviespod. If you like this podcast or any of the other great podcast articles or features on AIPT, you can help support the site and the people who worked on it by signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash aiptcomics. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you. Bye. Toodles. To- <laughs> Suck time. Suck time. <laughs> <laughs>